Bibles this morning to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, okay? And, and so on Wednesday nights, we've been going through the book of Hebrews. And, and so this past Wednesday night, we started in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30, and we only got through one of the points of three. And so um, just praying about it this week and after Wednesday, the Lord just, wanted, I think he just wants me to finish uh, this sermon, sermon here that we started Wednesday night. So I'll catch up most of you who weren't here on Wednesday night, but at the same time, then we'll start some new material for those that were here on Wednesday night, okay? So, so therefore, if you know that if you was here Wednesday night, you know some of the answers. And so when I ask you, you can, you can blurt it out, okay? No, I won't make you do that, okay? All right. Um, um, hey, good, good, good job on the music band. I, I, I believe God was just praised and, and worshipped in that. Thank you very much, band. And it's great, great job. You know, thank you all for serving everybody. And, and Sandy Hensley, um, every Sunday you're going to do announcements. You did a fantastic job. <laughs> but you notice we got some lights out, you know, and I don't want to just point that out to you, but you know, those anyways, but we're going to be out of this building soon within a, you know, hopefully five weeks, we're going to be into our new building. So it doesn't make sense renting, you know, a big old piece of equipment and paying all that money for bulbs. So we're just going to be in the dark. So next week, Sandy, when you do, when you do announcements, you need to stand right here. Okay. You'll need to stand right here, and we'll put your notes on the iPad or something, okay? <laughs> you did a fantastic job. Thank you for doing that. I know that's not your comfort zone, but, but, but what Sandy did this morning is kind of what we're talking about here this, this morning in Hebrews chapter 11. And listen to me, church. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, because of the promise that we have in the new covenant, the covenant that Jesus Christ died for our sins, that he, that he rose from the grave, that we could have everlasting life with him. Because of that new covenant we have in Jesus Christ, you know, it requires Christians to have something very important, and that's courage. Amen. You see? Courage. If, 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 if we're ever going to be at the pinnacle of our faith, everybody listen close. You know, you've, you've got the lows, you've got the highs, and when you're saved, you know you're here, and as you grow and progress, you know, you, you should at some point, you need to be reaching that pinnacle. And when we get to the pinnacle of our faith, there ought to be courage in our lives. Everybody say amen. And so here we find ourselves in the book of Hebrews once again. And again, I just, just real quick, now the book of Hebrews is written to who? The Hebrews. And, 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 so, and so the writer of Hebrews, God was, was showing them. He was saying, come, come out of that old system. Come out of the old covenant because it's gone. It's been superseded by the new one. And he says, Christ is better. Christ is better. Christ is better. And so and, and from, from chapters 1 through chaps, chapters 10, we, we, we see that. And, and, and the writer is telling these Hebrews, you've got to come out of the old system, not just part of the way out because a lot of the Hebrews were trying to keep part of the Old Testament. Testament, part of the works, part of the law, and then mixing Christ in it. But he's saying, no, you've got to leave it all behind, all behind, all behind, and come to Christ, the new covenant, because why? Because it is superseded the old covenant. It is best. Everybody say amen. And so he spent all that time convincing them, showing them by, by what they even know as Hebrews that God had promised this, and here it is, accept it and come out all the way. 
And, and so now we, we come to chapter 10. The last part of chapter 10 was the invitation for them to accept Christ. And now, how do you get saved? That's the question that, that was left in, in Hebrews chapter 10. And so the answer is by faith. And so we come to chapter 11, and it just makes perfect sense. And so now, the, now God is showing them what faith is. And, he, and you know the hall of faith, and that's what Hebrews chapter 11 is. It's always been about faith and, and about having a relationship with Christ. It's also about faith. And so we come to this part here that, that shows us and that calls for every one of us, listen close, is to have a faith, but a faith that has courage, a faith that dares. You, you get it? You know, and again, I know I just want you to put some application on this. You know, Sandy is scared to death to talk in public. But she come up there today, and it took her some courage, you know. And so I'm proud of you, Sandy. And, and you're going to do it again next Sunday, okay? And, and, and so we're going to keep you going. But, you know, it takes courage to be a Christian. It takes courage to get to that pinnacle of faith. It takes courage if we're wanting God's blessings in our life. And if we want to be where God wants us to be, then we have to have courage. See, here it is, is, is if people can't see it, they don't do it. That's not courage. And, and when, when God does challenge us to do something a lot of times, you know what we do? We just get back in our corners and curl up and we're dissatisfied with just this little bit. Because we're not willing to dare. We're not willing to, 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 for God to prove how big he is. So open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11 and look with me at verse 30. And so let me just say um, before we read our text that faith is really defined simply as this. Listen close. Faith is simply defined as trusting completely in what God says with no conditions. With no conditions. God told Noah, build an ark. He didn't go ask questions. He just spent 120 years and he built an ark. Everybody walked by him and said, what are you doing, Noah? And he says, I'm building an ark. And he says, what are you building an ark for? Because it's going to rain and it's going to flood. Rain, because they didn't, they didn't have rain. What's rain? And, and they weren't even nowhere near close to any bodies of water. And what are you building this big old huge ship out here in the middle of the desert for, right? And he didn't care. He didn't ask questions. Just for 120 years, he just kept on building the ark. Amen? Took courage, didn't it? And, 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 and he completely relied on what God said. Now, every man, listen to this, every man leads his or her life um, either believing in what God says, embedding their life on it, or embedding their life on their own attitude and what they think and how big God is. Where does that leave you this morning? What's your attitude about God? Is he a big God? Is he a small God? I, I think in our minds we say, oh, my, my God is a big God. My God can do anything. But when it comes for us to put the rubber on the road, what's your attitude about God? It's because we lack courage sometimes. And we, but we lack the courage most of the time because we lack the attitude of who God is. Listen to this. J.B. Phillips wrote this. J.B. Phillips wrote this, and, and he, says, he said, Your God is too small if you've got a little tiny God. Don't trust him because he's not verified in your mind. You know, so faith then is simply and only based on a person's attitude towards God. And so we ask ourselves this morning, have you verified it in your mind of how big God is? Because honestly, your life dictates it. 
You know, if God says, teach a class, and you say, well, I, I don't have, I can't do it. How big is your God? I mean, because anything that we do, if we do it in our own might and strength, isn't any good at all anyways. Because the only thing that we can offer God and ourselves is nothing but filthy rags. Isn't that what the scripture says? But, but, but when we're spirit bound, and when we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us up, and we, when we imagine just how, how big God is, and, and how he created this world in six days by a spoken word and how he came from heaven to earth and died for our sins and when we think how big he is and when we verify that in our mind (laughs) there's no problem in your family that you're facing today that you can't get through can i have an amen there's no there's no problem on the on the workplace that can't be handled with a little bit of courage after you get verified in your mind that God is big that God is everything that God is all that we really truthfully need everybody yes there's no marriage that can't be reconciled and put back together because God is big and there's no divorced person that can't, that can't move on because we have a big God have you verified that in your mind? Have you? Oh, if you haven't verified that, then that's what you got to do this morning. You got to verify in your mind because if you haven't verified it, then most likely your attitude about God is that he's small. And if he's a small God, then you're not going to trust a small God. But once you verify just how big God is, I mean, you're going to do it. You know, I was thinking last night and our young people and wow, you know, we've had we've had Justin surrendered to full time ministry. We've, we've had J.C. surrendered to the ministry, and we've, we've had Nolan surrendered to the ministry. We've got um, Gabrielle surrendered to the ministry. We've got um, Dimitri surrendered to the ministry. You don't do that unless you verify in your mind how big God is. Hey, I know these guys. They ain't the smartest ones in the box. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm kidding around. I'm kidding around. But they verified in their mind that God's a big God, and no matter what, God is going to do it. And they just have to surrender themselves to the will of God. Now, what about the rest of us? Yeah? You know? I was thinking about this, too. We're just making an application, Colton. And Colton has surrendered, too. I've left you out. I'm sorry. You all right? You forgive me? Yes. Yeah? And so Colton's trying to figure out which school to go to and exactly what what I waited to do. But I was thinking... That, um, you know, back in the late 50s when this local church decided, let's buy some land and let's build a building and let's move out in the country and do it because they were, our local church was in the downtown and there wasn't much going on out here, right? And, you know, and, and so, you know, some people band together and said, we're going to have a vision for the future. We're going to have a vision, you know, for future generations to do ministry. And, you know, um, and, and, and so, so they, they built this building here, you know, 60 years ago. And today, you know, God has put the same vision upon us and that we're, we're building a building, uh, you know, two miles down the road here. And, and you know, it, it takes courage to do that. Everybody say amen.
It, it, we, we've got to all verify in our mind and unify together as a local church that there is nothing too big for God and that whatever God's will for us is that we have to face it and we have to go on it head on. Everybody say amen. And, and in a couple of weeks we're going to be passing out the I pledge or next week we're going to be passing out the I pledge cards and what can we do for the building program? You know, what would God have me to do as a one-time gift or what should I give each week for this much, much, much amount of time or, or so much a month for so, so much amount of time. But whatever it is, I, I just encourage you that you got to get verified in your mind that God is big. And we're, 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 a, we're a family here, and we're going forward, and we want to see people continue to be saved just like right here. And we, and we want future ministries to, to, to have you know another 50 or 60 years of ministry, and, and that's the reason we do what we do. Everybody say amen. But it takes courage, and, and you got to verify in your mind. All right? So Hebrews chapter 30, and I want, us to, I want, us, I want to look at three points this morning. And we're going to be looking at um, three things. Uh, that is, first of all, we're to conquer and struggle, and it takes courage. Hey, everybody look at me. It takes, when you're in a struggle, uh, you, you have to have it verified. But when you're in a struggle, and, and you're, if you're going to have victory, um, um, you got, if you're going to conquer it, you've got to have courage. Also, we're going to be looking at uh, where to continue in suffering by that courage and faith. And then lastly, that we count on how we count on our salvation also. So Hebrews chapter 11, look with me at verse 30, and this is really good. So remember, he's talking to Hebrews, come out of the old covenant, come into the new. Everybody look, because you got to, if you, you, if you don't understand this, then you won't understand verse 39 and 40. So you got to listen. I'm teaching you something here. He was talking to the Hebrews, and, and, and in Hebrews chapter 11, up until this point, he's talking about Old Testament kings, um, prophets, and people of the Old Testament. And, and he makes a point here at the end that, that the people in the Old Testament didn't have what we have today, and that's the new covenant. Okay? Because all they had back then was the promise of the Messiah coming. And so he says in verse 39 and 40, basically he says, look at what these guys did. They, they, did, they don't have what you have today. They only had the promise of it, and they've never received it because the Messiah didn't come in their day. But look how much faith they had. You see it? So that's the context of, this, of these verses. Look at verse 30. He's talking to these Hebrews. He says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith Rahab the harlot, the prostitute, did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. And what more shall I say? For, for, he says, for, he says, he says, he says, I can go on and on and on forever. He says, time wouldn't even, wouldn't even allow me to stop giving you examples of this. But then he goes on and he says, he talks about of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and of David and Samuel and of the prophets who by what? Say it. Who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises. Look at it. Daniel, shut the mouths of lions quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword from weakness, were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to, foreign armies to flight. 
Women received back their dead by resurrection. That was um, Elijah, remember? And others were tortured, not accepting their release, so that they might obtain a what? A better resurrection. What does that mean, a better resurrection, these Old Testament saints? What does that mean? We'll talk about it. And others experienced mockings and scourgings. Yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. And we'll talk about that for a minute in, in a little bit. But they were, they were sawn in two. They were, they were sawed into two pieces, some of them. And they were tempted. It says they were, they were put to death with the sword and went about in sheepskins and in goatskins being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated. So he, he just given a list of everything that all these people has gone through. And, and, and then, he, then he says in verse 39... He says, these men of whom the world is not worthy. Can I have an amen about that? I mean, this, this world isn't worthy of somebody acting like that, right? Can I have, you understand that's what he's saying. But they did it, why? Because of what was in the future, right? And he says, um, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all of these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. That's the new covenant. That was the Messiah. Look at verse 40. Because God had provided something better for us, so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. The old covenant wasn't perfect. The new covenant is perfect. Because it was what was promised. It has come. It has been completed. Amen? Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your word. And we just ask you, Lord, just to make application to our hearts. And, Lord, I pray this morning that I know, Lord, that there's, there's people here struggling with their walk. Maybe, 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 Lord, that, that there's some family dysfunctionality in their, in, in their families. Maybe, maybe, you know, there's, there's drug abuse or, or alcohol abuse or, 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 or maybe there's people with, with anger. Lord, maybe, maybe there's problems in the workplace. And Lord, maybe you're calling people to, to do something, to be something, Lord. And, and, and Lord, this morning, we just need to, we just need to kneel at, 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 at your cross, Lord, and just and just surrender ourselves to you, and Lord, and knowing that we need to resolve and to verify in our mind just how big of a God you are, and that Lord, a lot of things that we go through here, it just has to be that part to where we have to have courage to walk through. Lord, I pray that you'll encourage and just everyone, Lord, can go to that next step of their of their of their walk with you. We love you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so you think this morning about how God is challenging you. And so let's look at this. Number one, we looked at it last week. And, and first of all, in this pinnacle of faith, and, and faith at its, at, you know, at its highest, has the courage to conquer and struggle. Everybody say amen. You know, when we, if, if you're going to have a faith that's going to conquer the, conquer the struggles of life, it's got to be a courageous faith. And, you know, the writer here gives us some examples. You know, he talks about Jericho. Remember the story of Jericho, just real quick. Remember Israel was out in the wilderness for 40 years, right? They crossed the Jordan River for the second time, and they come in, and they said in, the, in their first place they had to go was what? Jericho. Remember, years before the spies had went and, and they come back to, and they said, you know, we can't take that land because the land was filled with what? Giants. 
He said they make us look like what? Grasshoppers, right? And, and the grapes were huge and all of those things. And, and so it was a land flowing with milk and honey. But, but, but God, the second time, took them over. And so, so, so they come to Jericho. And Jericho was a walled city. Now, I told the Wednesday night class, but these weren't, these weren't little privacy fences or picket fences. These, these, were, these were walls. They were barred. They were fortified. There was an outer wall and there was an inner wall. History books record that the outer walls of Jericho were, 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 were so big and so massive that there, they were, there were horses and chariots that would go all the way around Jericho on top of this wall. That's how massive these walls were. And so when they come to Jericho, and so God says, here's the plan, guys. Here's what you're going to do. I mean, remember, these are a band of people who has no weapons. They're, they're not trained soldiers. They're, they, they, they've, been, they've been slaves all these, all these years, and then they're out for 40 years. They didn't know anything, and so they come there, and they come across by faith. And so, and so when it's time for the plan, here's God's plan. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk. I want you to, I want one time a day, one time a day. I want all of you to get in a single file. And by the way, God says, I want you to put the priests in the front. Well, God, really? They're kind of wimps. That would like, be like putting me, I guess, in the forefront. But I tell you, I, get, I could get some work done out there. You know, I'm just kidding around. But hey, um, and, and, and then he says, next, he says, I want you to put some people that, that can blow the ram's horn. And then everybody else to follow. And this is what God said. He says, for, for the first six days, I want you to walk around this thing. And don't say a word. Walk, walk, march around it one time. Go back to your camp and camp. And then the next day, do it again. Do it for six days. Now, I don't know about y'all. And I told the Wednesday night crowd this. But it would have been a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> you know, because I don't know. I would have been scared, too. Because here I have no weapons and here these people and these soldiers, you know, bows and arrows, hot, you know, uh, oil they can pour on you. I mean, it, it had to be scary for these, for, these, for these Jews to march around, right? Because, I mean, they were sitting ducks out there, right? But guess what? They did it anyways. They were in a struggle. God said to do it this way, and they did it, right? I mean, and also they were scared, but they were also, I would, mean, I would be embarrassed, a little bit. And then on that seventh day, God says, I want you to do it, do it this way, do it just like that. But he says, when you come, when you, when you can pass around, he says, everybody that has a horn, blow it. And the rest of you scream at the top of your lungs and the, and the walls will come down. And guess what happened? They did it just the way God said. They marched around at six days, seventh day, they marched around. They blew the horns, they yelled, and the walls came tumbling down. Took faith. It took courageous faith. They were middle of that. But see, you see, church. Sometimes we've got to have that strength, that that courage to get things done. Then look at Rahab. You know, she was a prostitute, and she was the only one who survived there in Jericho. And it's because that she believed God at what God said. And you come across to the rest of them to Gideon. And remember, he went down from thirty thousand men down to three hundred and fifty men, and 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 still beat the Midianites. You know, and, and, and God gave them this, this crafty plan. 
He says, he, you know, first he gets them down from 30,000 men down to 350. And then he says, what I want you to do is go around to their, to their, to their camps and, and each of you take a pitcher, a clay pitcher, you know, like a drinking pitcher. And he says, take one of those and take a, take a lamp. And, and then God says, at the right time, everybody break the pictures and, and, and everybody, everybody shine your lights. And they did it. And what happened was the Midianite army, they turned on each other and killed themselves and the rest fled. I mean, it, it took courage to do that. 350 men against 60,000 soldiers? It takes courage. We've got to verify in our mind that God is God. And, and look, God's going to ask us to do things, and it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be things like, man, God, I don't see how in the world we can get this done. I don't see how me and my husband can get our things reconciled. God, my, my husband or my wife left me. I don't know how I can continue on. God, I, I, I don't know how this church is going to build this building. God, I don't know how I can witness to my neighbor, whatever it may be this morning morning you've got to verify in your mind that God is big because you're going to be faced with struggles and you've got to persevere through it and you first got to have courage in who God is and you got to have courage to do it that's called the pinnacle that's called the high point you got to walk there and not walk down here everybody amen there are four degrees of faith and just real quick and and we got to move on but there's a faith which receives. Cornerstone, there's a, there's, when we talk about faith, there's a faith that receives. And you know what I'm talking about because it's that when you know that there's no hope in anything, and that, that, that faith that receives is when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You know, we walk around and we're, and we're, and we're emptied, and we know that there's something real, and, and there's that faith that receives Jesus Christ as Savior. So that's, that's the first degree. The second one is, is that there's a faith that reckons or reconciles something. You know, we might say, well, golly, that that doesn't make sense, but because of who big, how big God is and who God is, that we can reconcile that in our lives. Everybody say amen. And, and then there's that faith which risks. And I want us to, I want us to hear this. There's, there's that degree of faith which causes us to risk. And that's the kind of faith we see here in our text that we're talking about. And, and that's the kind of faith that moves out to dare. You know, you know, it's where God says, you know, I dare you. I'm, you know, where you're not comfortable, but you do it because, because you know how big God is. You know, to dare to do something for God that's impossible. And then there's that faith which rests, and that's the faith that in the middle of pain and suffering just sits back in the confidence that God's going to deliver one way or the other. So let's move on. So there's the courage of faith. The courage of faith is not only courage to continue and conquer and struggle, but number two, secondly, to continue in suffering. Continue in suffering. Write that down in the margin of your Bibles. That, it, that, that there's a pinnacle of faith that allows us to move through suffering. We're, almost, we're not going to be much longer, but I want you to understand some, some, a very abrasive truth. Sometimes God doesn't design the battle to be victorious. Did you know that? Did you know that? Sometimes God does not design the battle to be victorious in the way that we think the battle should go. Sometimes the battle goes on and on and on and on. 
and sometimes we even lose. Did you know that? I mean, just think about in the, in the, in the Bible. Did everybody win? Huh? No. But they come out victorious because God was on the other end of it, right? Everybody, right? You know, you know. I know people. My 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 beautiful, strong, God-loving mother. You know, her, my whole life she was sick. You know, she when I was six years old she had strokes and it left her paralyzed on her right side. You know. And then she had to have a heart valve replacement, and then she had more strokes, and then she got cancer, and then her body's filled up with fluid and, and gangrene, and she, she died. She died at the age of, you know, 58. Sometimes battles just go on and on, and sometimes we lose, but there's always victory in Jesus Christ, right? You know, it's it, it sometimes battles are designed that we don't win. And I think we all have to understand that. It doesn't mean that we give up because that's what we usually we do. We think that when we go through some kind of battle and we don't win that we've done something wrong. People call me up and they say, Pastor, I prayed and I've done this, but it's not working. It's because it is working. God is trying to form us up into some way, somehow. God's going to get the glory for it, and it's going to be okay. You just got to remember how big your God is and verify it in your mind and allow your faith to get through it in those times of suffering. And that's what it's talking about here. I want you to look in our text, and, and we're talking about suffering here. Verse 35, and boy, this is good. This is really good. This is, this is the absolute pinnacle, everybody. Listen, you know, I, I think of Miss Jackie in all of this because, man, she's had to have some faith in the last four years to get through what she's got, that pinnacle. Yes? Amen? And, 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 so, and so look at verse 35. And, and, boy, this is great because faith is great that conquers struggles. But I'm telling you, it's at that, really at that pinnacle when faith conquers suffering. Verse 35, look at it. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Do, do, do you know what that means? It means that there were these believers that, that come in and they said, okay, we're going to torture you, but if you'll denounce whatever that is, you know, about God or whatever, then we won't torture you. But they said, no, torture us. We're going to suffer. Because what's promised to me is a better resurrection. Huh? Give the Lord a hand. Huh? And you know, those people knew how big God was. It was verified in their mind. I think of Stephen, you know, when he was, when he was there, when he was being stoned. But just kind of back it up here. And I, I, I did, a, we, there's, there, I did a, a word search on this word tortured here. And I, I, don't, I can't pronounce these long words here, but I'm going to try, okay? But this word to, torture here in the Greek is a very, very interesting word. It's actually a compound word in the Greek. And, and it literally means to torture with... The tempanunum, tempanunum, okay, you say, what's that? And, and uh, tempanunum, and that's actually what this word means. It means torture with the tempanunum. And what that was is a giant wheel, and these people were put on this wheel, and, 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 and they were stretched. Their skins were stretched. And then part of that torture was is once they had them all stretched, they took clubs and beat them. That's, that's that word torture. 
And it says that some suffered this, this, this torture, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't renounce because they knew they had a better resurrection awaiting. You, you see, sometimes we have to go through the suffering of things, Cornerstone, but God is a big God, and we've got to verify in our mind, and that faith will allow us to get through those times. We, you know, instead of going into a corner and curling up and saying, I quit, or it's not big enough, it, it, we, we, we're, we're resolved in our brains and in our minds that God is big enough and he'll get us through this. Because why? Because the, the better resurrection is, is, we want the better resurrection, right? And then look, look here at the next set of verses. It talks about stoning. It talks about stoning. Um, Boy, you know, I, I don't know if you ever thought of that before, but, uh, but that's, that's, that's quite the deal. And when we think of Stephen being stoned, and I, I, I did some reading on this this week, and, and, and here's how stoning worked. It, you know, there was an art to stoning. Did y'all know that? And so they would take him outside of the gate, and the, the one making the accusation and the witnesses, and they would all go outside the gate. And that person, you know, would be on their knees or somewhere, you know, down. And, and the person who made the accusation had got the first stone. And he would pick up a stone and they would throw it as hard as they could. And the target was their heart. And if that person survived that first stone being thrown, then the next person, the witness, goes if they survived that one, the next person would go. If they survived that one, the next person would go. And it would keep going until that person was dead. You know, in my mind, we kind of think a lot of people just got some rocks and started throwing at them, right? No, it's not how it worked. This, this person was tied down, laid down, somehow, some way, and the stones were to target their heart. Pow! One after one, one after one, the other, and that's what they would do. It says here in the scripture that some were tortured, some were stoned. Notice what it says, some were mocked. I mean, I mean, you know, there's a lot of sufferings that people go through. But in Jesus Christ, there's always victory, even if there's no victory in how we're looking at it, right? Right? So your faith has to be one of courage to get through those times, of courage. And they were stoned. I want to bring this back and then we'll, we'll go over. But you know what the Bible says here? The Apostle Paul said this. He said, the suffering of, the, of, of this life is not worthy to be compared with the glory of which shall be ours. Can I have an amen? I mean, all that we can suffer here compares nothing to what our, the glory is going to be in heaven. And so this better resurrection, it says, this, this full reward in resurrection, you know, what is that talking about? Is it talking about a, a different kind of resurrection? No, it's still the resurrection, but a better resurrection is, is that you get it all when you get up there. You know, for us Christians, that's called the five crowns, right? You know, we just don't want a resurrection. We want a better resurrection, right? We want the one of full reward. Am I right? And so we want the incorruptible crown. We want the crown of righteousness, the crown of life, the crown of glory, and the crown of rejoicing. And that's what we should all be striving for. So we have to go through times of sufferings to get there. 
You know, it says in Scripture, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, which, watch this, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven. Hallelujah. So, so can't you imagine some of those suffering believers in Peter's day were rejoicing about what was going to be theirs? And the pinnacle of faith is to endure a trial with courage and faith in God and never waver. That's what it's talking about, and it takes courageous faith. I'm going to say it again, and, and, and our time is getting close, but I think of Miss Emma Dean, and boy, I know we all miss her so much. But I, I just, I just, I couldn't help but going back to think that here was Miss Emma Dean, and she knew she didn't have much time left, but her, her last days were spent witnessing to people about Jesus Christ. And, and you talk about somebody who was suffering, that poor lady, I mean, she was suffering, but she still witnessed Jesus Christ even in her last days. Boy, that, you know, you know what that took? It took courage pinnacle of faith. She wasn't perfect. I mean, she had some days to where, you know, she was lonely and some days to where maybe she doubted a little bit. But to say it all all and all together at the very end, she pushed forward. Let me tell you what, and she witnessed Christ in her life. I remember, and I may have told you this, but I went there one day and we just started singing a song together and, and, and praying together, and it went on for, for, you know, a good 15, 20 minutes. It was just, I mean, she just endured, even in her time of suffering. Because why? Because Emma Dean got it in her mind how big her God was. What suffering are you going through? Have you resolved in your mind how big God is? Listen to this, Daniel chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. I want to just read this to you. Don't turn there. I want, you to, I want to read this to you. And this is, listen with spiritual ears, please. Listen with spiritual ears. And this, and this was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I call these the three amigos. But listen with your spiritual ears. It says, if it be so, this is, this is them speaking... And if it be so, our God, whom we serve, watch it, watch this, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. So, do you believe that? You, you believe God's able to deliver you? Can, can you believe it? Now, l- listen to this. And he will deliver us. Now, we like that, right? And he will deliver us. And, and I love this. This is so good. And this just gives me goosebumps. He says, it says, but if not, let it be known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods. So, so do we got it here? So he, they say, God can deliver us. God will deliver us. But if not, we won't serve your gods. Boy, that's, that's it, isn't it? That wraps up the whole thing. That's the kind of faith that endures in the midst of suffering, whether there's victory or not victory. These three guys says, Lord, we know you can deliver us. God, we, we want you to deliver us. But if you don't deliver us, 
that's okay because we're not going to serve their gods and we'll just burn up here in the furnace in this suffering. They, they were resolved of how big God was. And it had, they had it convinced in their mind how big God was that God would deliver them, God could deliver them. But if God chose not to because it's God's choice, because maybe it's for another purpose that they do suffer in that trial, then that was okay with them. I just want to say this is that we're all going to go through sufferings. And sometimes those sufferings have an end, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes those times of suffering, we want a different outcome, but God has a different idea of of what the outcome should be. Because it's all for His glory, and it's for how everything works together. Right? So... We understand this morning that we need to have courage, and and there's that courage of faith in the times of struggle, in the times of suffering, and number three, the lastly, true faith has the courage to count on salvation. You know, um, they had to live in hope, didn't, didn't they? They didn't have the Messiah yet. They were believing in the promise. Verse 39, it says, and these all now, I thought, you know, what, what do you mean by these all? And it's talking about everybody from Abel <laughs> all the way to the end. You have the Old Testament era, you know, all the way from Abel to, 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 to uh, Samuel and all the prophets. And everybody is what it's talking about. It says, all of them having received witness through faith, received not the promise. Talking about they never saw the Messiah. Everybody listen. But they had the they had the promise of it. It wasn't delivered. But it says, but but these guys counted on their salvation. You know, and for us, the Bible says, you know, blessed are those who haven't seen him, but even more blessed are those who believe and do not see. You know, we live in a time where we can't see Christ, but we're looking back at the cross at what he did. The Old Testament believers didn't have that, right? So, Cornerstone, what we're saying here is that we can count on salvation. And, you know, sometimes it takes, it takes that courageous faith, and especially if we're going through times of struggle and times of suffering. But, but, but when our faith is at its pinnacle, we know that we can count on our salvation. Amen? All right, let's pray together. Father, we love you. And, Lord, we just... Um, Thank you this morning for the word of God that we have and that we've got to apply to our lives. And, Lord, I pray that, that none of this falls on deaf ears. And, Lord, that, um, that, we'll, that we'll surrender in our hearts and we'll, and we'll verify in our minds um, how big you are. And, Lord, and then we can have that faith that reaches its pinnacle and that faith that has courage. Lord, I, I pray for each person here in this room that, that, Lord, if there's some here that's never accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, I pray right now, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will just speak loudly into their minds and to their hearts, and that with all humility, Lord, that they'll just make that walk and, and just come to this altar this morning and accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Lord, that they can't wait till tomorrow or they can't wait till next week. Lord, that, that um, the time is immediate and the time is now. And Lord, for the rest of us, wh- wherever this message finds us, whether it's in our, our walk with you, whether it's in our home life or our work life, and Lord, what do you want to do in our lives right now? Lord, I, I, I pray 
that um, you'll speak to them and that we'll make up our minds and that we'll verify in our own lives how, how big you are and that our faith will just drive to this pentacle, um, Lord, that contains courage to, to have victory, no matter what you have planned for us. We love you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If we'll stand this morning, please. And just an attitude.